Big announcement out of the Big Wally. That's right. Walmart has announced that they are closing all of their tire and lube express centers right across the country by the end of the month. That's 106 service centers that will be closed. As the company sorry, focuses on growing their in-store e-commerce and pickup business, Joining us for more on this is marketing, branding expert, and the host of the podcast, Chatter That Matters. Tony Chapman joins us now on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Tony, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being here as always. How significant of a move is this from a company like Walmart? It's a, it's a big statement, and I think there's a lot more uh, behind it. First of all, they're saying, you know, are people going to be driving cars the way they used to? How long is this remote going to go? So tires and lubes, that business is going to be down. Anything to do with automotive is going to be down. We're moving to a sharing economy. A lot of the young generation is not even getting their driver's license. And that's valuable real estate. So what can I do with that real estate? And I think two things that we got to look at here. One, the, the, the leases they're in, that they're obligated, multi-year leases, they're going to turn that into, I bet you, a pickup and everything else that's about uh, curb, curbside collect. The other one is Walmart's also thinking their footprint. Do I need these big stores anymore? Everybody's moving online. Should my stores become more showroom, more essential items like Ikea is doing? And uh, so for both of those reasons, it's another statement that conventional retail is on the ropes. Yeah, when you say like Ikea is doing, I know they've got satellite stores in various cities, right, where you can actually uh, go in and you can... You know, talk with an associate and I think, you know, kind of virtually look at some of the merchandise and it will be shipped to that uh, depot so they don't have to have these huge warehouses like we see, you know, just down the road in Burlington and such. Absolutely. Essential items you can pick up, the things that they know, their data tells you you want to buy, everything else. It's done virtually. I mean, look, in in, uh, London, England, you're in the Tube, which is how they call their subway. And there's a glass wall, and it's a Tesco shop, and you, you, you press your finger. This is pre-COVID, obviously. Press your fingers, all the items you want, and when you get off your subway, they're waiting for, or you get off your, uh, the tube, they're waiting for you. So, I mean, everybody's rethinking their footprint. That real estate's expensive. Stocking that real estate's expensive. Security, managing the cash. Everybody's starting to look at online as the future. And, again, it, uh, it doesn't bode well for landlords. It doesn't bode well for... Uh, a lot of people that are employed in retail, but it's it's another signal that this future is now and it's happening. Uh, we've seen more digital transformation in retail in six weeks than we saw in the last six years. So uh, COVID is uh, just accelerating our uh, our move that way. Do you think that other companies, other stores are looking at this closely? And I'm thinking in particular of Costco, because maybe next to Walmart, they have got uh, the biggest footprint, perhaps a bigger footprint even than uh, Walmart, particularly in this area. Could you see Costco moving this way? See, the interesting thing about the Costco model, and I was even surprised that with the, it's, it's this sense of treasure hunting, sampling food. It was a social event. So a lot of people consider Friday night in the United States date night at Costco because you get a free meal and before you know it, you're walking out with a 60-inch TV screen you didn't know you needed. <laughs> so they've got to rethink their model because it's, that's about social shopping. That's about sampling food. Uh, that's people serving to you. All the things that were really what made Costco an adventure, besides just good value, uh, is being changed. So I've got to believe Costco has been huddled in a boardroom for the last uh, uh, last three or four weeks thinking, what are we going to do now? Because if it's just about bulk and price, Amazon can do it without needing our warehouse. So it's going to be a real hard thing for them to do because you take the sampling out of Costco, and I think you're going to take a lot of the uh, the, the shoppers away. 
Well, we talk about a, a shakeup when it comes to the footprint of a stores and their way of doing business and shifting perhaps more and more towards e-commerce and COVID accelerating that. Uh, the other thing it could really affect, Tony, is jobs and these 106 service centers that will be closed as of the end of the month in Walmarts right across the country. Uh, Walmart says that they will be able to retain the, quote, vast majority of associates in the stores. But is this bad news for employees as well? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we are moving so quickly to a contract employee uh, relationship that, you know, the sense of full time. This is just, again, another example of people in retail, restaurants. Uh, I mean, you know, we're talking about over a million and a half Canadians have lost their jobs. When it comes back, let's say half the restaurants come back. Let's say half the retail comes back. Terrible numbers, but everybody's starting to say those are real numbers. These people have got to find work, and it's going to be tough. So, I mean, it's the gig economy. It's the uh, Instacarts and the uh, uh, Uber Eats and the Skip the Dishes. And in terms of car services, maybe someone will be enterprising as an entrepreneur and do a tire loop chain in your driveway. I don't know. But it, 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 we're talking about a permanent displacement of our workforce. And what all, I mean, this payment that we're getting every month, a lot of people are taking, is really just a universal income. It could be the future where... Less jobs means more people are going to be uh, having to keep having to get some kind of assistance just to get by. Joined by Tony Chapman, he is the host of the podcast Chatter That Matters. And as we've mentioned from time to time when you join us, Tony, you're doing a really good and in-depth, a real deep dive into what small business is doing and how they can survive and best be situated for post-pandemic. And I know you've got three interviews up uh, on the podcast uh, focusing on Canada's next economy. Is e-commerce kind of the next economy, or does it go further than that? Well, we, you know, we had to look at our new economy and say, how do we reinvent healthcare? Because we can't afford our existing healthcare. Canada could play a major role. And what's happened with COVID is people have had to relax what they felt was entitled to. And a lot of this has to do with institutionalized and hospital protest processes and unions. Education is another one where parents are now saying, listen, I'm getting almost no help from the public education. And my kids, if we don't get them into STEM, we won't have a future economy. So that's another great area Canada can play. And then just content. We're natural storytellers. I mean, Hollywood is populated. Uh, rock, the rock concert business is populated by Canadians. A lot of them have gone down to the States because that's where the scale is. But these are areas that, again, we can, we can excel at. So I'm hoping our new economy is about purpose and creativity and energy and invention because it won't be about the jobs that used to, you know, the companies that used to just employ a lot of people because uh, the, they, like, uh, like the tire and loop shop at Walmart, are becoming uh, extinct. Yeah. Are entrepreneurs, are they sort of banding together and having these discussions that we're talking about here? What is the right move forward? Where are the growth areas? Is government playing a role at all with them? Well, you know, again, government is all about policy and where I get elected, where entrepreneurs are all about where's the next unmet need. How do I pursue it? This podcast this week, if you listen to one, you got to listen to this guy, Ernesto. I mean, he comes back from Spain he gets hit with COVID personally. He's bedridden for 10 days, and he still finds a way to keep his restaurants and his employees' jobs alive. That is an entrepreneur. They just, they, just, they just find this inner power to do it. That's a classic entrepreneur. Someone that loses their job and has to reinvent themselves is a very t- different world because they're used to having things done for them where I think a classic entrepreneur just finds a way to do it. So people that are finding that, that transition forced upon them are really struggling with what this economy is bringing them because they, they don't see necessarily going back to the world they once had. And that's, that's a tough thing mentally for anybody to deal with. 
All right, Tony Chapman, host of the podcast Chatter That Matters. Find it where you find your favorite podcasts, as they like to say. Tony, thanks as always, my friend. Thanks, Jeff. Talk to you soon.